Hey everybody, this is Pam at the Paper Outpost, and this is the Paper Outpost podcast, the joy of junk journals, talking with you today about your crafty questions from my YouTube channel. So let's just dive into it. Coming to you from the craft room today, Sonny is not in his basket. I can't see him anywhere. He must be uh, located somewhere. Somebody gave me a little bell to put on him, <laughs> so I'd always know where he is. I wonder right now i got to look for him. Sonny? Sonny, where are you? Now mom was worried that you got stuck in the garage or something. Where are you? Oh, no, he's on his pillow. He's looking out the back window, sitting on the couch pillow. Are you, uh, he's, uh, he's on full-scale squirrel alert, so we should know if a squirrel trespasses. Yes, we will have a full-scale alert. Okay, mom's going to do the podcast. Um, okay, so just getting back over to the questions. Let's see what you guys are thinking about, what you are wondering about. Okay. Uh, Real Fire Tag asks, why is it called a Rita Donnelly flip? Okay, so um, from the video that I just put out called Got Book Pages, Five Folds Equals Five Pockets, um, why is it called a Rita Donnelly flip? Rita Donnelly is a lovely lady who developed a certain type of flip. Um, it's uh, very fun and easy to do and a lot of junk journalists jumped aboard and if I recall correctly um, uh, certain folds and flips used to be named by or, or, or embellishment creations we would start to use that person's name who started roll got the idea rolling and we would attach it to that type of flip like there's the Jessica Rapp clusters the Rita Donnelly flip and there's other ones out there too I don't know if that's still a trend in general junk journal making or we just keep folding paper and carry on um so it could still be a trend it might not be a trend but if you have not checked out the Rita Donnelly flip please do Uh, her and uh, Jessica Rapp are actually both very cool crafters very um skilled crafters and amazing people to boot so there you go um (laughs) <laughs> okay, here's a good one. And I, I, okay, I'm just going through them. I'm reading what's there. Okay, I'm going to heart that one question. Okay, so here's one where I'm in trouble. I love this. Uh, Plain Jane says, why don't you have all your brushes ready before you start recording? You know, that would be the logical and sane thing to do. But in my world of reckless abandon, there's a little bit of come what may here. And... Sometimes when I sit down to do a video, she's referring to the painting book pages video. Um, Yes, why wouldn't I logically have my brushes out and ready? Um, I have no solid answer for that other than I was disorganized. I, I bow my head down, head, you know, in shame because yes, it was a lack of organization on my part. I have no good excuse for that. Um, that would be the logical thing. Yes, yes. You caught me with my pants down there. That's true. Um, okay, here we go. Um, Carrie Martin asks, I have been wondering this for a while. What is the difference between regular copy paper, lightweight cardstock, and heavyweight cardstock? Okay, um, and this is a confusing thing and I totally understand because I tried to wrap my head around it once and I never really came up from the water with a clear breath of fresh air but this is how I understand it. Paper has pound weights attached to it and so does cardstock and the two should never commingle meaning the pounds don't mean the same thing in cardstock or paper. So for example 
regular good old copy paper. Um, I buy the stuff from Amazon. It's just generic copy paper. It comes in 20 pound weight. So that's what I think of as um, a regular sheet of paper is a 20 pound weight of regular copy paper. Now when you tiptoe into the world of cardstock, everything gets really muddy and mucky. Um, you can have, you'll see 110 pounds, 90 pounds, 60 pounds, all these different weights. Um, but it's not going to be the same for different types of cardstock. In other words, a 60 pound cardstock of like a flat bristle board kind of paper is not going to feel the same thickness as a 60 pound of something with a little bit more, I don't know, like I don't even know how to describe the different kinds of cardstock. There's flat cardstocks, bumpy cardstock, um, grainy cardstock. There's thick parchment paper cardstock. I mean, there's so many different kinds that um, the only way I have been able to navigate the strange world of paperweight is to actually get it in my hand. And I'll know then whether this is the right weight for me. So what I've done is I bought a few different ones, not knowing what I was gonna get. I was like, okay, let me try some 90 pound weight. Let me try some of cardstock. Let me try some 110 pound weight. And when I got it, I decided which one I liked and I stuck with it. And then I tend to order the same thing all the time because then it's predictable and familiar. But if I had to walk into an office depot or a Hobby Lobby where the page, like the, the reams of paper are all sealed, I'd be scratching my head right there with you going, I have no idea how thick this paper is. Is it my printer going to like it? Um, will I be able to get it through my printer? Is this the right thickness for uh, a pocket or a tuck or a, a book uh, bookmark? Now, I'm sure there's absolute rationale in the paper weighting and the cardstock weighting theory and paper, real paper aficionados are going to say, oh yes, it's easy because you just do this and that and this is why this is that. And please, please feel free to put that in the comments because um, on any video, anywhere, anytime, because I would love to know too. So I did a cursory search, found the answer I needed by ordering a few, picking the, the thickness that I like and kept reordering that one. But there's probably more information to be gleaned from the universe than what I'm providing at this moment. So yeah, that's, that's all I got. Honestly, I, that was my theory. It got me through in a pinch. I was able to carry on and efficiency was like getting past that step and, and then getting moving forward was more important than going a deep dive research into all the different types. But I can totally see the value in knowing the difference because it may change how we do things or what we do or why we do it. And it may open up new possibilities for doing things with paper that maybe I have not thought about so I'm going to okay I have my little note my uh, journal my utilitarian journal here of writing down good ideas and I'm going to put a little star beside research paperweights so maybe if, if I learn anything um, fantastical I will share it or if you learn something fantastical please share it with us thanks okay uh, that's a great question um, Chrissy Pooh asks, Pam, love the birds. I notice you always have such pretty napkins. Where do you buy your napkins? Okay, um, primarily from Tuesday morning, they have a nice selection of napkins. I've also bought them from the Dollar Tree and from Walmart. Not as big of a selection, still 
you every once in a while you come across some nice ones um i've also seen over in england they have some beautiful napkins that we just don't seem to have access here the paper napkins i'm talking about um really pretty prints and stuff like that um i have not explored timu for napkins maybe that's a source t-e-m-u you know that new hybrid between amazon and aliexpress ordering thing um or i haven't checked aliexpress and i actually haven't checked amazon or etsy so those might be some other sources for you to look but that's actually where i get mine i waddle over to um a tuesday morning i've got one not far from here maybe a mile and uh ferret around in their beautiful napkin section um that's what i do okay next question um uh okay this is a question from calvin guil guil jules it's probably jules calvin jules um how are you going to use the apple core just kidding i love this thanks for the inspiration i think maybe she was referring to the video called or calvin maybe it's a fellow um uh make a junk journal from real junk okay so maybe i made a reference like anything can be a craft or uh, you know anything can be what is it I can't remember that. Everything is a craft supply until proven otherwise. And maybe I made a reference to even, you know, an apple core can be used. Um, I'm not sure. But um, if I had an apple core, how would I use it? I would probably, this, this, this is a crazy thought, isn't it? But I was thinking I would use it as a rubber stamp. Like I would dip it into some ink or paint and then stamp around with it. That's probably what I would do. Um, I have stamped. I have a stamped with, um, what did I, I made a, I carved a potato once and used it as a stamper. So you can do that in a pinch. You can carve an old eraser, like those school erasers, if you want a particular shape, something like that, for a quick stamp. Um, or a potato. Obviously, they don't last long. Um, that's going to be like a, you know, you use it and then you, you chuck it. <laughs> um, but I'm just kidding here, going on, on a little tangent with the apple core. Carol Wolfgang asks, I love the birds. What kind of paper do you print on? Oh, she's referring to the Birds and Charcoal DigiKit that just came out for October. Um, I generally print on lightweight cardstock, which is um, 110 pound weight. It's N, as in Nancy, exact. And the actual ream number is 40411. And I buy it on either Amazon or Etsy. I can't think of it right now where I get it. But it's that's the brand. And that's... Let me look at it. I've got it right here. Look at it. Eight and a half by eleven. One hundred and ten pound weight. Yep. Four zero four one one. And um, I've been happy with it, so I try and stick with that. And um, that's the right one, right? Yeah, that's the right one. And uh, go from there. So, and you you can print on regular copy paper. You don't have to print on thick paper. I just do it because I don't then. I don't then. Um, I remove a step. Let's say if I print it on regular copy paper, but I want to make a pocket out of it and I want to make it maybe just a smidge thicker than I have to glue it to something. So I try and remove that step. But um, you don't have to. No, I mean, really, when you think about it, if you're making a journal card or something like that or a journal tag, a lot of times um, we feel like we need to make them thicker. But really, we write on regular thickness paper. So if if you're making a tag or a card, a journal tag or a journal card for extra writing space, um, it's actually perfectly okay just to use the thickness of a regular 20 pound weight copy paper thickness um, or even 
thinner. I mean, why do we put ourselves in these little boxes? There's no reason for it. I mean, let's say you have some beautiful mulberry paper, which is very thin, or tracing paper, which is very thin, or tissue paper, which is very thin. I mean, you can cut that into any shape or size, make it pretty, put a little rubber stamp at the top, make it look cute, and have, have it be just a, a regular piece of writing paper for anybody. They could doodle on it, they could tear it up, they could turn it into little clusters or, or um, things like that. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. Here, point in case. Airmail stationary paper used to be extremely thin. Do you remember that stuff? Maybe you have some in squirreled away in an old box when people used to actually airmail letters back and forth. I've gotten a lot of those in the when I buy old handwritten letters. Um, the paper is so thin, but we somehow were able to write on it and transport messages back and forth to one another in a very timely, organized, seamless manner. Things went well for a long time. So don't feel like you always have to make everything thicker in your junk journal to withstand the tornado or hurricane that is going to approach. You know, yeah, we just have to be reasonable in our approaches. Like, okay, would the average person be able to pick this up, write on it, maybe tuck it back in there? Um, and carry on with life. That's that's how I'm going to leave that one. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that as an answer. Um, okay, we're going to heart that one and move on. Bev Wilson says, um, For goodness sake, move on, people. There, got that off my chest, Pam. Could you probably write a book on the craziest comments on a, on a YouTube channel? Why do people waste their time in yours? Let Yes, the correct response is go somewhere else. Um, the rest of us think you are awesome. Oh, that is sweet. Well, one thing um, I can say, Bev, for sure, and I, I, I'm sure everybody gets this, you can't please everybody. You know, it's impossible to do that. And if I am not your vibe, and I know strangely we use that word now, which was back from the 60s, and now it's suddenly cool again. Um, there are many other people out there that you can learn from. And, and um, um, so um, it, I think initially when you start a channel, we're really sensitive to everything. But then after a while, you realize you can't please everybody. And you, you start to develop a little bit of a thicker skin where it's like, okay, it's not going to take me down to my knees if somebody doesn't like my embellishment. I'm okay with that. Or... Um, maybe that I didn't have my brushes ready at the, at the ready, which would, would still be, make sense. And I get that. I try and see, is there, is there a kernel of truth in the, um, onslaught of the insult, <laughs> shall we say? Um, and sometimes there is, and you have to be sort of dirt honest with yourself. Like, okay, maybe that one's right. Like maybe it would be good to have the brushes ready. Um, but sometimes... I just don't have it all together and I'm a little scattered and I'm trying to pull it together and it looks a little bumpy sometimes and I get that but maybe maybe I don't know I think you guys are are um, um, somewhat forgiving and thank you for that because yep it's um it's um, sometimes it's a hot mess over here you know what I mean and I, I'm very proud to say the desk is clean today now of course I, I have I'm on a podcast and I cannot I don't I can't prove it to you because I'll probably be making something before I can prove it to you. So I, I am working on getting back into having the prototypes made um, when I show you things, because I think there's great value in that. And uh, I apologize for kind of wandering off that, because um, I know that's frustrating for me when I see somebody make something. I want to see what the finished product looks like, because where are we heading? Where are we heading, sister? Please give me something to look at. But in um, reality for a YouTuber, it takes 
me twice as long to do something like a video because I have to make one make sure it works and then I have to do the video showing how I made the one um, so it's a little bit extra time and also then my desk is messy because I've pulled everything out and I've already started mucking with it so you will never again see a neat desk from me so if you're okay with that I'm okay with doing the prototypes again like yes okay there we go <laughs> um, okay Karen Hankerson says on the October DigiKit Easy Paper Folder video. She says, this is so cool. I have some folders I can use Never thought of, and never thought about. This is so inspiring. Where do you find your gilding paste? I love when you use it. It takes it to a new level. Love your creativity as always. Okay, thanks, Karen. Um, yeah, you can get gilding paste everywhere now. I mean, the easiest place is Amazon, eBay, Etsy. Um, they probably have it in most art stores. I know they even have it in Walmart. Do you remember the stuff called rub and buff? That is the earliest form of gilding paste or gilding wax that I've ever seen. And um, it's in the hardware section, kind of near the paints, that stuff. And it works pretty darn good. I mean, honestly, if you can't get your hands on anything else, get some good old rub and buff and, and use that. Um, but you're going to find there's a lot of fancier ones and more expensive ones and this and that. You can also use gold paint or you can use makeup in a pinch depending on what you have. And um, you can even use gold nail polish, things like that. Uh, so on gold acrylic paints. Um, so start thinking outside the box if you're looking for alternatives or you just want to play with the gold color. It can be very pretty and it can certainly elevate any project to a different level. Um, the addition of bling is a wonderful thing. Okay, somebody write that down. Okay. <laughs> I am. I'm writing it down. The dish. Okay, why is my pen not working? Why, why does that happen? Of bling is a wonderful thing. Okay, have it. Okay. Um, all right, we will carry on with the next question. Um... Diane Olson asks, where do you get the narrow glue squeeze bottles? Okay, I think she's thinking of the Sugar Bells Icing Piping Bottles, which is the bottle that I transfer, transfer my Fabrifix glue into. I'm Amazon. And you can just, go, uh, just Google or Amazon search, probably eBay or Etsy search too, Sugar Bells Icing Piping Bottles. And um, I find the eight ounce very handy, but you can also get them in four ounce, but make sure you get the one with the little metal tip and it's, it's um, a nice small opening and the walls of the bottle are very easy to squeeze. And that's probably, those two reasons are why I use it. Uh, Cause I can get a nice thin stream of the relatively expensive Fabrifix glue. So you want it to last as long as you can and you don't need that much of the glue to, to be effective. So saves you money that way. I think it's worth the transfer. Um, okay, so let's see. Maybe we got time for one more question. Um, Deborah Bovey asks this project. Now, this is the easy paper folder October DigiKits video question. Uh, this project is special. It reminds me of a book cover with the fold in front and back so that you can tuck stuff in. Any size would be beneficial. Have you seen Art of Journaling magazine? saw it at Barnes and I think she mean Barnes and Noble. Uh, I appreciate learning from you. Um, I haven't seen that one, but I'll keep my eyes open for it. That sounds like a fun thing to explore. And yes, you can even use that concept to tuck, like to tuck the um, internal skeleton of a book that you're making 
um, into so you can use it as a removable cover that's what I'm trying to say really um, but that's a fun way to use an alternative um, cover idea the uh, paper folder idea that I used here um, I know that doesn't really help when you can't see it but I've done my darndest <laughs> anyway folks I hope we had fun today I hope you're all out there having a great time paper crafting I'm thinking of all of you keep having fun happy creating and I'll talk to you soon bye bye